2: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham for the next three-plus hours. Plenty of stuff uh, to address throughout the course of the show. We'll get more to uh, the ending of the NBA season uh, a little later on. We didn't really do much with that that last night, considering we had a very disappointing Eagles loss. Uh, So we will talk about the Lakers' victory and really a huge victory for LeBron James and his legacy Um, And just the bubble in general, which I really enjoyed, Um, you know, I don't understand some people's fascination with with ratings. And like, I I don't know. I just could care less about any of that stuff. Uh, But we'll talk a little bit about the NBA later on. And um, I guess I I, got to check on when everything starts. Do we know yet when free agency opens and draft any of that stuff? So uh, we'll talk about some NBA stuff. A little later on, Um, Mike Angelina has already told me that around 445, we have a super loaded uh, Gabe Kapler check in. So it's a little tease for, you know, two hours, 45 minutes from now, uh, if you're still around at that point. Um, So we will uh, get to Gabe later on. Plenty of of things that I want to address throughout the course of the show, um, including Stephen A. Smith's take on the Dak Prescott situation that is unfolding down in Dallas. So we have a lot of things um, to touch on uh, before we get out of here tonight. But where I want to start with how I am feeling today as we are one day further away from the Eagles' loss against the Steelers and where we are in terms of this Eagles season and When you look at what we've seen so far, the word that I would use to describe the first five weeks, and it's a word I feel like I have said um, a lot when talking about this team over the first five weeks of the season, is frustrating. It's been frustrating in many different regards so far. When you look at the way this team has played, the record, obviously, some of the situational football that has been... um, poorly executed at times, but it's been appropriate to describe what we've seen from the Eagles so far, be it Carson Wentz and his erratic play early on in the season, be it the offensive line that has had, you know, another year of of kind of a makeshift quality to it where you have players going in and out. You have young players taking their lumps, even though, for the most part, I think the offensive line, considering who's been on the field, have done a pretty decent job. The fact that, once again, we're watching a season where the wide receivers that you go into the season relying on, your top three are all out right now. And again, you have your quarterback playing with practice squad guys and guys signed off the street and players without that kind of high-level pedigree that we have seen in years past. Injuries that this team battles year after year after year. Um, An underperforming defense, as we saw on Sunday in Pittsburgh, we saw earlier this year against the Rams, and against Washington, you know, Jim Schwartz' performance. Other guys who the Eagles um, could have drafted around the league performing well as D.K. Metcalf ascends, into like a top five receiver in the NFL. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb is making a huge impact for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, It's been frustrating in many different ways so far this year when you look at this football team. But the positive is that the Eagles remain in the worst division that I have ever seen. And I thought last year's incarnation of the NFC East was the worst I've ever seen. And somehow, it has gotten markedly worse in 2020. And, you know, despite how ugly it has looked so far this year, I feel more positive than I have at any point since, I mean, last season ended? Since... This past offseason got underway right around the time the pandemic hit in mid-March. You know, when, when I look back um, prior to the season, even with an extra playoff team, I said consistently, and in my predictions, I, I, I confirmed this as well, that this is an average football team. And that's the way I have felt about them ever since March. And nothing they did in free agency, nothing they did in the draft made me change my mind on that front. I think the Eagles recognize that and recognize that this year was more of a step-back year to hopefully take two steps forward. And you could still disagree with a lot of the moves they made in terms of making this team significantly better for the future. I have my questions um, as well. But in many ways, I think it was pretty clear that 2020 – was not the top priority for the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of having, you know, a high level of success this year. And even with the extra playoff team being in, I did not predict this team to go to the playoffs in 2020. But the fact of the matter is that while nobody with any kind of semblance of a soul And you will see the one creep out there on Twitter or Facebook or or somewhere that, you know, is taking some sort of joy in what happened to Dak Prescott. If you have any soul whatsoever, if you have any sense of humanity whatsoever, nobody enjoyed what they saw happen yesterday to Dak Prescott in Dallas. Nobody wants to see injuries in general, and certainly that kind of injury, that can quite honestly, derail this guy's career. And obviously, you throw in the whole contract situation, everything dealing with that, this has the makings of turning in to a really, really sad story in terms of Dak Prescott and his career moving forward and his future. But when you do look at it in the lens of the Eagles and how... It changes the outlook here. It certainly changes the outlook. It changed everything about how I view the Philadelphia Eagles this season. And while the Eagles have had issues, they now have time to resolve those issues. Because let's face it, in, in reality here, they don't have a legitimate challenger to them in this division. They just don't. Uh, the Giants might be the worst team in football. I, I, I do uh, uh, find it pretty um, humorous that 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 uh, you know city of New York that we have uh, such a rivalry with, they have probably the two worst teams in all of football between the Jets and the Giants, and, and it's a weekly kind of competition as for who can you know vomit on themselves and make more of a more of an embarrassment of this of themselves. Uh, between the Jets and the Giants, think about it this way: Joe Judge is not the worst coach in New York. How crazy is that? Gase is actually worse, um, and the Giants are turning it around. I don't know if the Giants are going to win two games all year. I like the <laughs> Giants, by the way. That was not recently. That that, that couldn't have been recently, Mike. That, that that is that just a drop you've had? When's that labeled from? No, you know? I mean that's that's
3: uh, it's one of Adam's old ones. All right, well, that's old. It is. Wow! Wow!
2: <laughs> An Adam Regner reference on the show. Well, That's a name I haven't heard in a long time.
3: I mean, we have to thank him,
2: you know, every day we use these Jolly cuts for them. Yeah, man. I, I am, have not heard have not heard Adam's name in a really long time. Yeah,
3: so I guess uh to answer your question, I don't
2: know. Okay. Well thank you for uh all your work. But don't plagiarize Jolly. I mean that, that Jolly would take offense to that, I think. He said it. Yeah, but I mean in regards to this Giants team, now you're now Jolly's gonna be facing Questions from the audience when he comes back on next week about why he, why he said the Giants were going to be good, why he liked the Giants. Well, it, what do you call them a front runner? I think it's an evergreen clip. You, okay, if, if you're a fan, you're a fan. All right, it sounds to me a little taken out of context, <laughs> but so be it. The point is, the Giants are going to be a challenger in this division. Washington, whatever you want to call them, they're not going to be a challenger in the division. Ah, yeah, they beat the Eagles back in Week One, but that team is terrible. And they have benched Dwayne Haskins for Kyle Allen, and now they have Alex Smith out there who had an injury similar to Dak Prescott. Does it make anybody else uncomfortable to see Alex Smith playing football? Like, if you saw that documentary uh, about his surgery and his injury, um, I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable to watch him out there. Uh, I know he wants to play, but, you know, I I do worry about re-injury and uh, that kind of issue, but... That team stinks as well. Giants might not win two games. They might not win five games. And then you got the Cowboys, who, yeah, they still have a talented roster in terms of guys at the position, at the um, skill positions, but they just lose Tyron Smith for the year, which that got totally um, overshadowed by the Dak Prescott news. But they lose Dak. They lose Tyron Smith. They have a defense that is a complete and utter disaster. They are the teams who the Eagles are contending with for a playoff spot. And this is now unquestionably the Eagles division to lose. And while it hasn't looked good and people who think they need to bottom out, to force, real change, you know, that making the playoffs would be a negative for this team. Um, I personally disagree with. But, you know, you look at the NFL and you look at what you need to do to ultimately have success and make a run, getting to the playoffs is half the battle. Getting to the playoffs truly is half the battle. And once you get in, yeah, typically top seeds have a greater advantage. But especially now, with just one team getting that bye. I think it makes the rest of it a little more interesting here. And this is now turned into a situation where the Eagles have no excuse to not get there. And especially in a league that is so volatile week to week with upsets and injuries and the fact that this Eagles organization... For many years, when you go back to the Andy Reid era, certainly with the Doug Peterson era, they have a proven track record of playing their best at the end of the season. Couple that with Carson Wentz's play, which has been significantly improving over the last few weeks. Significantly better. Gives you more confidence in in his ability to lead this team and his ability to play well. I feel a lot better about this team now than I did before this weekend. And I get that that Steelers game was bad. I get the defense played terrible. But there are reasons to be positive right now. Like, I don't see this as a lost season. I know 1-3-1 is bad. I know people uh, can react very significantly to these games, but this is far from a lost season. And it's still early. And I believe this team can still improve. And now they have time to work things out. They have time to correct their errors. They have time to figure out what personnel to play, what personnel to use, how to use them properly. Without worrying about this other team who you're competing with, for that final for that postseason spot in the NFC East breathing down your neck. And, you know, I I'm interested to get people's opinions here. Because I expect that I will be in the minority. I expect to get a lot of people, you know, um disagreeing and saying if you watch this team play, who cares if they win this crappy division? Who cares if they, you know, back their way into the playoffs? I just don't look at it that way. At all. I look at it, and I look at every NFL season the same way to start the year. Find a way to get in the playoffs. Find a way to win the NFC East. Find a way to be playing your best football in December and going into the postseason. And that all of that is is very far away. There's still plenty of time for the Eagles to figure these things out. And as bad as it looks, as bad as they've played at times, I don't know how you can look at this team as far as their playoff hopes and not be far more positive now than you were, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And that's kind of where I want to start. Do you care if the Eagles make the playoffs, or is it hollow to you, especially now? I, as, and I'm not trying to be the, the Eagles apologist or everything's great, you know, um, I'm not trying to be that guy and tell you everything's, everything is going swimmingly with this team. There are a lot of things they need to figure out, and there are a lot of things they need to correct. But the big concern was, could they correct them in time to get to the playoffs? Now, I look at it the opposite way. If you don't make the playoffs, this season is an utter disaster. And for people who do want them to bottom out and do want them to miss for a draft pick and do think this organization needs change at the highest levels, kind of works in your advantage, too. Because the Eagles missed the playoffs before, you could say, "Oh, well, we lost to a Dallas team just a little better." If you lose to a Dallas team now, if you don't make it, instead of the Cowboys now with Andy Dalton running the show for Dallas, that might force legit change. That might get Howie Roseman fired. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to get rid of Howie Roseman at this point. The the, the people, anybody who says this team needs to move away from Doug Peterson is insane. In my view, and I'm more optimistic about the Eagles because their chances to make the playoffs, while it comes at uh, off of a very unfortunate incident that happened to Dak Prescott, the Eagles' playoff chances now are dramatically, dramatically improved, and uh, that gives me a, a renewed energy and a renewed hope for this season. I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Two one five five nine two. Nine four nine four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, let's get it started with Danny in Burlington. What's up, Danny?
1: I mean, what, what what it all comes down to is that we're going to be playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, even if we do make the playoffs and go on some kind of run. And I'm sorry, but so, if so, whoa, Danny, down...
2: you're just fast. Now you're just fast forward into the Super Bowl now.
1: Well, I mean, you're talking oh, I mean... about making the playoffs, and if we can get lucky run the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little premature, Danny. I, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I think uh, just fast forward into the Super Bowl is a little premature. But you don't care. If they, if they can't beat the Chiefs, then, then just lose the rest of your games, huh?
1: Uh, I mean, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I would love to see him beat the Chiefs. But I know our defense well, the, with, with Nate Gary is probably – I've been watching Nate Gary for about two years now. And, and I've been knowing that he's garbage since the first time I've seen him play. Well, we agree not, there.
2: Yeah, we agree there. And it's
1: not getting any better. And the fact that he is a starting linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles when he should be a backup special teamer at best. I've seen multiple, countless plays where he is either getting beat, where he is either con- like basically avoiding the the play almost so he doesn't have to be at fault. If he doesn't make the right tackle, he's hesitant. Jim Schwartz backed him up the other day saying something in the press conference that, you know, it might look like he's the one at fault. No, he's the one at fault because he's literally circle him and say, this is the guy that we need to attack. And that's exactly what the Steelers did. And John Clark pointed it out that the game-winning touchdown – with Claypool was Nate Gary's guy, and he was totally wide open. I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing so Dan, this good offense just get wrecked by this horrible defense.
2: Now, Danny, when we look ahead here, though, I mean, you know, you look at that matchup. Darius Slay has a pretty good chance to to cover Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, as good a chance as anybody,
1: right? I mean, you'd assume. I'm telling you, I mean, we're looking if, we're
2: looking ahead to Super Bowl Fifty Five.
1: I mean, I know it sounds crazy i does. I'm, I'm, I'm always hoping for a Super Bowl. No,
4: I, love I know.
2: We all are. I just, I, I just uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're just – nobody in the NFC scares you, huh? No, nah, I mean,
1: you, you laid it out perfectly. I agree with every single one of your points. It was a great opening, and no, this division is completely wide open, and we could totally make the playoffs. It's just a simple fact that our defense isn't good enough because we don't draft linebackers. I mean, you're telling me that, that guy in the third round that we drafted isn't better than Nate Gary? I mean, I you know,
2: Danny, I don't know what the Eagles see with with the evaluation of some of their personnel and linebackers. And I appreciate the call. Um, uh, yeah, what what? Where is Davion Taylor? That's his name, right? Davion Taylor, the the third round rookie. Yeah, doesn't he play every
3: special teams play? Uh, well,
2: I, I I'm sorry, Mike. I'm not I'm not paying attention to who's on the field every single special teams play. He's not good enough to get on the field on defense. Like that's a concern, right? And maybe not because you're the biggest Nate Gary fan in the world, but have you come around yet, Mike? Are you ready to admit how idiotic you sounded when you were caping for Nate Gary a couple weeks ago? What was my take on Nate Gary? What
3: what did I say about him?
2: Was that he has the potential to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. Wasn't it? I'm serious. I thought that was what you said.
3: (laughs) That's not what I said. What did you say? Weird. The context was we were going through Howie's draft history, and you're rattling off 17, and you got to Nate Gary, and I said, ah. For fifth round pick who's a starter on defense, he's been a useful player. That was the <laughs> yeah. only thing I said. He's
2: been useful for the other teams to exploit. Has been useful for the Eagles. Well,
3: I don't know if you can have a starting player making you know the rookie minimum.
2: That's that's fine. That's
3: useful. Like that's not. It's most of. But if guys he's get terrible, caught. most fifth round picks get cut. Right. Well, the Eagles
2: probably should have cut him I mean, the, the, for instead. Who? The, the, Lj Ford. That was two years ago. That was last year, last season. Yeah. Whatever. But. Okay, so you're you're still defending the Nate Gary take. You're gonna die on this hill, Mike. This is not the hill you want to on. I would die have on. to look at
3: like what other linebackers went in the fifth round that year to know who they missed out on.
2: Well, I just can you, I just want you to say Nate Gary stinks. That's all you need to say, and then I'll let it go. I'll never mention it again. Nate Gary this year has had more bad games than good ones. That's that's not that's not well, Nate last Gary's year. He stinks. had more good games than bad games. Did, he, was not, he wasn't even noticeable last year. He was. He had a pick six. Again, who do you have pick six against? Uh, Falk. Oh, the Jets get – Jet, uh, Orlando Scandrick got a touchdown in that game. That was playing like a, a Division two college team. Get out of here with that. Hey.
3: Oh, come on, Mike. It goes in the books. All right. I, I want to know what kind uh, of trick that guy pulled off where yeah, we're, he we're, said, he said, I only watched him the last two years. It's like, so – What, like three years ago when he was on the field? You only watched the 10 players?
2: I was confused with Danny's call. I appreciate Danny's call, but, I mean, he he was basically, I'm not sure he was considering the other divisions in the NFC. Like, it's not just like you win the NFC East and you're in the Super Bowl. You still have to beat three other NFC playoff teams, and there are a lot of other good teams in the NFC. So, uh, maybe the Eagles could end up getting together and doing that, but... I'm not just looking ahead to Super Bowl 55. Well, he has them
3: like getting lucky against like Seattle and like you know the Packers, but right. once they get to the Chiefs, no more
2: luck, like, right. out like, of luck. If the I'll, I'll, I will make this prediction right now if the Eagles get to the Super Bowl, I will predict they win that game. no matter what. I'll predict they win that game if they get to the Super Bowl. all right so you can hold me to that if that happens. I'm not confident it will, but i I suppose you never know. And that is why I am somewhat positive with this team. Um, and it, I'm not trying to be Mr. Homer guy tonight. I'm really not. But when you look at, at the way the NFL is set up, and yeah, I understand getting a high seed is very advantageous. But the bottom line is, even before the season started, even if the Eagles were 4-1 and and 5-0 and right now, they're not good enough to get the top seed in the NFC. They're not. The goal is to get in the playoffs. And there is no excuse now why this team can't get in. And you have time to figure out your issues. You have time to correct the defensive issues, which I'm not uh, I'm not, you know, giving up on that part of it yet. Carson Wentz already looks like he's getting better. The offensive line, despite all the injuries, has played well. You look like you have found something at receiver in Travis Fulgham. And if you add, uh, you know, some of these injured players back into the mix, there are reasons to be optimistic about this team. Nobody wants to see the injury like we did see to Dak Prescott. Um, but it changed my whole outlook on this season. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. 9494 If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Want to know if your outlook on the Eagles has changed now. With the events of this last weekend, the Dak Prescott injury and Carson Wentz's improved play. And uh, whether you're more optimistic, I certainly am. It's changed my my outlook. 215-592-9494. Stephen Egg Harbor, you'll be first right after the break, and then you if you want to join. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Under center is four. Do they try
5: to go power run again? They don't. Falk rolls. Now fires. And it's intercepted. Intercepted by Gary. Down the sideline goes Nathan Gary. Touchdown, Nathan Gary. He did it in Atlanta. And he does it again.
2: Are you serious? That was Mike playing Nate Gary's, I guess, lone highlight. I don't even remember this play. He, well, it's a blown highlight. Merrill Nick said he Fulte. did it again. Right. He had that other one. I do remember the Atlanta interception because it was where Matty Ice just threw him the ball in the end zone. By the way, he's fallen off a cliff. Like, Matt Ryan just sucks now. He's terrible. Terrible. Stat Ryan. He's. he's I've never been a Matt Ryan fan. I've, I've never thought he was very good. Um, Just uh, so overrated. I know he's a local guy. I don't care. Uh, the, the guys that... The the guys that we produce locally here just aren't very good. Matt Him, Schaub, Joe Judge, Joe Judge is a local guy. Yeah. Matt Schaub, uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, i have never, I've never been a Matty Ice fan. For to have the receivers he's had, and you know, be as much of a choker as he has been. Um, and that'll be his legacy is that twenty eight to three game. But yep. uh, that was the uh, Nate Gary interception, which. I'm sure it was one of them. It wasn't. I'm the, sure that stirred up a bunch of emotions in people uh, here as they bust out their number forty-seven. By the way, what a horrible number for a linebacker! Like, I get you come into the league and you got to take what—that's like a practice squad number. Like, why wouldn't he change his number by now? To something in the fifties. What linebacker wears forty-seven? Well, came in as a safety. I think John Lynch was forty-seven, so maybe that's what it was. Great. Uh, well, that's Nate Gary's highlight. Uh, he should be off the field. We'll get to that later on. <laughs> yeah. well, what is the obsession with Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson? Nate G- caping up for him every play. Um, and uh, uh, that play wasn't all on him, uh, but he's he's a bad he's just a bad
3: player. Like I don't think there's any secret to it. He's a cheap linebacker that they have on his you know his first contract that they find serviceable. Like that's it. there's nothing more to it. That's it. That's it.
2: That's the tweet. Yeah. Well, and that brings up, I do have a, a social media a gripe next segment, but um, I just, i you know, and I get that linebacker is not a huge priority for this team, but, man, um, the fact that you can't find anybody who can play whatsoever is just so frustrating. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, and starting the show with some positivity. I'm not – Build as the most positive person a lot of the time. But uh, what happened this past weekend, the Dak Prescott thing, as unfortunate as it is, it has changed my entire view of the season. I didn't expect the Eagles to go to the playoffs. The way I kind of looked at it is this was kind of a developmental year for this team. I hoped they'd win the division, but I thought Dallas was clearly better than they were roster-wise. This changes everything. The Eagles should make the playoffs now. It would be a, a a major disappointment if they did not. And if the Eagles, you know, are able to get in, you never know what can happen. Um and I know that sounds cliche, but uh it really is a big part of the battle. And now you have time to work some of these issues out moving forward. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. In a couple minutes I'll talk about why um I'm so confident. Uh, The Eagles can fix these issues um, based on what I saw Sunday uh, from them that encouraged me. Uh, Let's go to Stephen Egg Harbor right now, though. What's up, Steve?
6: Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I want to make the playoffs, too. I mean, first of all, you want to make the playoffs because you want to make the playoffs. You want an extra week of football. And second of all, I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of pick we get. If Howie's picking it, we're in a world of trouble anyway because he hasn't picked it. Can't even pick his nose in the last couple of years, in my opinion. Um, but what I want to talk about is the receiver. I mean, it looks like we got a bona fide, real NFL receiver. Who the other day I was, I was, I, I'm a receiver guy, and I've always been uh, impressed by somebody. but He reminded me of the uh, Dallas Cowboys receiver that just—I I can't remember his name—from Oklahoma State just retired a, a few weeks ago. He went at the defenders D- and he Des ran Bryant? right at him. Yeah, who? Des Ted Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. yeah, I mean because the way he went at, a, with the way he went at the defensive guys, and the way he just cut on a dime away from them. And when you have a receiver that can do that, the way he shielded his body, the way he caught with his hands, I mean, he got separation, and even when he was in tr- when he was uh, covered pretty well, he went up and he got the ball. And Carson showed a lot of confidence in him by throwing him a couple balls like that. And the kid went up, and he made those catches. That's what makes me start well, to wonder, no. does anybody on our team know about how to evaluate talent? Well, we missed Ward. And, you know, Merrill Reese, Merrill Reese was calling for Wood for a couple of years. And even, um, uh, God, the guy who went to New Orleans, everybody's talking about, our defensive guy who went to New Orleans, kept saying that Wood in practice is beating our guys. Why isn't he on the field? Nobody seems to listen to anybody. But this kid, how'd they miss him? They cut him. And luckily, we got him
2: back because he looks like a complete stud to me. Yeah, well, Steve, I, you bring up Folgum, And I, the guy he reminds me of is... Alshon Jeffrey, back when Alshon Jeffrey was productive, like back in 2017 when Alshon Jeffrey had a good year and back in his days with the Bears, like his size where he's not a a burner, he's not a speed guy who can separate that way, but the way he uses his body against defenders um, is something that not a lot of guys have that kind of physical ability to do that and and the smarts to do it. So that's kind of who he reminds me of. And I will say this in in a a little defense of Howie here. Um. while the drafting has not been good, the drafting of receivers especially has been abominable over the years, where you do criticize them for that, you also do got to give them a little bit of credit for finding these guys who 31 other teams didn't think Fulgham could play either. But we but we, but we, also cut this guy. We also
6: cut this guy and put him on a practice squad. Agreed. So we
2: obviously didn't think he was good enough. A lot of other teams didn't think he was good enough either, though. You know. So, so I, you got to give a little that. bit of
6: credit. But I mean, you know, now that we got him, I mean, I'm, t- I'm sorry. I, mean, this, I don't, I don't want to see this kid on the bench. I don't care if Alshon and D-Jack come back. This kid belongs out there the way he should. And I kind of disagree with you a little bit. He did show some speed. He showed some speed on a couple of those routes – uh, that, that that long down and out pattern to the right uh that he caught like for like twenty five yards on it. down I mean the way he cut on the dime and was just like wide open by ten yards on that play and, and then well, obviously he caught out of bounds because it was sort of that but also the play he made in San Francisco. I mean he was by that guy. I mean, I mean the laid right. out there perfect for him. I mean he but wasn't if... by him by five yards. Right. But you know, San Francisco's known for having some pretty good cover corners, aren't they? Uh and I, I don't I don't really think so.
2: I mean they have one corner, the other uh side that they've had issues over the years um but you know and I'm not telling you he can't run at all but that's not I in at least in my opinion the the greatest part of his game I think using his size to his advantage um is is a real valuable thing that he can do and either way Steve I mean, uh, I guess we both agree that he's a very productive player, and I agree with you. Uh, he shouldn't be relegated to the bench when those other guys come No, out.
6: no, this, this guy's the best route-running receiver that I've seen us have in a long time. His route-running skills, in my opinion, what I saw the other day, the way he went at people and cut on a dime and just – I mean, you when you go at a guy and then you cut, you freeze him for that split second. He's open every time and – Carson didn't really miss him, I mean. And Carson got the ball on time. And obviously, Carson has a ton of talent, a ton of confidence in this guy because of the way he threw the ball. I do want to talk about Schwartz for a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're never going to go anywhere with this guy as a defensive coordinator because he'll never, ever adapt. It's his way or no way. It's always been the same. And I really think Slay was frustrated the other day because he was off some receivers 10, 12 yards on some place. And he's the kind of corner that has to be in your face. He's one of those cover corners like Sherman who wants to get his hands on you early and knock you off your pattern, and that's why he stops so many people. You put him out on an island where he's 10 yards off, I'm sorry. Any good receiver is going to beat anybody who's 10, 12 yards off. Yes, yeah, Steve,
2: and what goes to your point there is, you know, I mentioned it last night. You look around the league and you see guys like Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones having a lot of success in their new homes, and it's like, okay, are, are, were these guys bad or were they just not being
6: utilized properly here? Well, I'm starting uh, – I think everybody's starting to think the same thing. He's obviously – this isn't the first time we haven't seen this. I mean, Jesus. Um, this is obviously something to me with the coaching because, you know, you just can't go to another system and then do what you're and – and then all of a sudden look like you're actually good. Because, I mean, I don't think uh, Sidney Jones defensed four passes in the time he was here, and he defensed four passes the other day in one game. No, yeah, he did,
2: Steve. And, um, uh, you know, it, seeing that, uh does frustrate you. But, yeah, that's something the Eagles are going to have to figure out and, um, you know, figure out how to utilize these guys better for sure.
6: I so, agree with you. Thanks yeah. for the time, Appreciate buddy. It.
2: Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, I mean, it, that is a legit question to ask because, uh, I mean, Rasul Douglas, uh, I'm uh, Sidney Jones I know had the pick, but Rasul Douglas is like one of the top-rated corners in the NFL right now through five weeks. What are you laughing at, Mike? I was thinking of your show last night. I, I heard you last night go – yeah, you know, these cornerbacks,
3: you know, Sidney Jones and Douglas, you see them succeeding elsewhere. Maybe they're being used differently.
2: It's being used differently. They're used as cornerbacks here. They're being used as cornerbacks there. Like, no, what do you mean you, being you used differently? You use cornerbacks in different ways, whether you play them man-to-man, you play them zone, you play them up, you play them off. Come on, Mike, I thought you are a football guy. They play both man and
3: zone no. in both places. It, it's, not it, like, it's not like they played man here 100% of the time and they're playing
2: zone Right, there. but you utilize different personnel different ways. You're just start trying to start mm. fights tonight. Yeah, you're trying to overcomplicate it. No, they're
3: useless corners here. They're being used as corners there. It's that simple.
2: Can I have Mosh back, please? Can I have Mosh back on the show tonight, please? We'll for me, he's resting. <laughs> um, but m- this has gotten off to a rocky start with Mike and I tonight. Uh, as uh, you will usually clash a little bit, but very aggressive tonight, Mike. What was? What's the matter? Do you have a rough week? Are you taking this loss especially hard? I know you're not that big of a of a family let the games affect your mood I actually thought it was a good game
3: I was encouraged by
2: them yeah I mean I think there were encouraging things and we'll talk about that when we get back and I I I wonder if anybody's annoyed by my positivity I'm not really built as a positive person um in a, in a lot of regards but I feel a lot better about this team um and yeah there are a lot of things they need to fix but they have time to fix them they have plenty of time to, to correct the issues that they need to correct because as bad and dreadful and pathetic, and it is pathetic, as this division is, somebody's got to get in. They can't just change the rules now and say uh, nobody from the NFC is getting the playoffs. Somebody's got to get in, and it should be the Eagles. And, you know, you still have 11 games to figure this bleep out before you know you were to get to that situation. So um I I think there is the, the a lot of the problems the Eagles have can be corrected, can at least be made better if not corrected fully. Um and I am way more optimistic about the outlook than I was even before this season started. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Uh when we get back I will give you uh, my social media gripe of the day and also uh, talk about the thing that was you know, most encouraging to me from the Eagles-Steelers game on Sunday uh, and why I feel more at ease um, about the play of one particular unit on this team. So we'll get to that when we return. I am Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Open lines right now if you want to get in right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, We'll get back to the Eagles talk in a minute here. But I do want to get to um, social media gripe uh, that I have. um, That I I don't know. I, I see these kind of messages Quite a bit, and I don't know why it bothers me, um, but it 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 does, and I I don't know, and I've been this kind of will go away from my theme of being a little more positive tonight, uh, because I know I'll be looked at as a negative Nancy here, um, but when people make like announcements on Twitter, and uh, Mike, you're not on Twitter really much anymore, but uh, you know, I, I it, it's annoying to me when people decide to announce like they're leaving a job or something like that and going to a new job, and they re- always refer to these as as you know, I, I'm 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 starting my next adventure. Uh, you know, no,
3: sometimes it, they start it with um. Cause actually, I I join you in not enjoying these these
2: posts. They're so not- just overly sappy. And like, uh, you know, just uh, they're just uh, annoying to me. Like, I'm starting my it's time to start the next chapter in this book we call life. It's like, <laughs> shut Bruce the Bruce, hell I up. Was. You're taking another job. I, I like to when when
3: people um when their shift changes and they're at the same company, same job, just their shift changes. It's some personal news. My shift changed. Yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> some personal news. Like I saw this tweet, um, and I, I I don't I don't even know who this person is, but this is the message, and it's pretty much Why all you follow them. What's that? I, it, it was a retweet from somewhere. I don't follow the per, the person, um, but uh, and it's nobody we know. So I'm right, not I just gonna, thought it had to be that. no, 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 no. I, I know some, sometimes because a lot of these that, that's the inside joke of these social media gripes. A lot of these social media gripes are connected to people we know. Sometimes people it's like work just here like for people. Yeah. Sometimes people work here. Um, but there there's this there was this one tweet that just. OK, so this is the uh, this is the uh, message. I'm taking a leap. You can't always wait for the perfect time. Sometimes you have to dare to do it because life is too short to wonder about what could have been. Now is the time. I'm picking up my pen and writing the next chapter of my life. I'm grateful to those who have supported me and especially to those who've empowered me to get to this moment. I'm ready to embrace the unknown and learn to not only survive this life, but to thrive in the wild of it. What I know now is that you only lose yourself when you stop trying to be who you really are. Here goes everything. Stay tuned. It's like, what? How many tweets was that? That was all one. That was all one message. And I almost thought I'm like, is this a joke? Like using every annoying cliche about leaving one job to take another job? Like, is this just like every annoying thing just to be annoying? But I think it was legitimately genuine
3: i guess they they did the thing where they screenshotted a, like a a notepad
2: yeah yeah that's exactly yeah that's exactly what it was because you can't fit it all in one tweet well the
3: other thing that like people don't realize with um like the irony of saying some personal news and they like explain job related news that's not personal news that's that's professional
2: news right personal right. news is
3: if like you're getting married or something
2: right like i announced a couple weeks ago i'm having a kid like that's personal yeah, right. news right <laughs> like,
3: your shift change at denny's that's not
2: Personal news. Like right. Professional news. Yeah. So I I I hate those messages. And I hate when people get overly sappy and talk about taking leaps and writing stories and and, and going on new adventures. Like, no, you're taking a friggin' job. Okay? Like it's it, we don't have to make everything so 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 over the top. You're not doing this for the adventure, you,
3: you just have bills to pay. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> Like I mean, it's I don't know. It just annoys me. I don't, like I don't know. Am I being too negative here? No, it's, I
3: I agree with this one.
2: And a little bonus one, just um, when when P and and it's kind of off your. That's the tweet. Last segment, people will say something now, and the new thing is uh, whether it's controversial take or something. Then after they'll be like, "There, I said it." It's like, all right, we just saw that you said it. A yeah. bunch of bunch of morons on social media not to be so um so so uh i guess mean but i'm not referring to anybody in particular so I'm i gotta find to this mean. tweet yeah I'll, uh, I'll 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 try to track it down um uh you know and then let you know where it is but uh i i yeah i don't like mentioning anybody by name with the social media gripes but uh just so you know in the future uh, many times, not this time, but many times, be people you 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 know locally, and sometimes even people that you um will hear on WIP. So, if you want to do some sleuthing work on your own, uh, you probably won't think you think of our your,
3: guests, of, our our guests, yeah. Because you said people you hear sometimes on WIP, right? I thought maybe it was like somebody who doesn't actually work here, but you just hear them on.
2: Could be. Could you be. know, you never know. You never know where these cards are going. Right. Um, so but it, it's it's usually somebody I follow. Uh, because or else I wouldn't be seeing it. But this time it wasn't somebody I followed. So that's it. That's the uh that that's, that's the gripe. Yeah. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Tim and Glenside. What's up, Tim?
4: What's going on, Tom? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm all right, man. I can't complain. Um I just want to ask you a couple of questions about these Eagles, man. Like, first thing I want to ask you, like, do you do you really trust this uh, organization to put their best players on the field?
2: Because I mean, I, don't. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to they they should be putting the best players on the field, um, but right. you know, Tim, it, it's worrisome at times that. They don't know who the best players are. Like, uh, a guy like Fulgham, for example, like, yeah, I right. give him credit for having him on the roster and in the building, but obviously, um, if there weren't injuries across the board, I don't know if he would have ever gotten an opportunity.
4: See, but I'm not giving him credit for that because that's kind of like, you know, a consolation prize to me. I don't think they really – I mean, they they probably didn't know if Fulgham was that good because if you we, we go back to last year, right, um, Matt Collins was on this team. And he was playing, and Greg Ward wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I no. I think a white Sox playing, and Greg Ward is not playing. You know what I mean? So, they, I think it's, it was a contract. Maybe it was just, you know, they, they they drafted him high, and they didn't want to look bad. But I don't trust the organization to do the right thing. It's, it's just this team feels like it's five different hats trying to run the show. Yes. There's too many people involved. Because they don't have an identity. It's like every week is something different. You know what I mean? And I felt like you felt. I felt positive yesterday because the offense looked pretty good. Carson, is, it seems like the more he plays, because he, he's not making really, really bad throws anymore at the first three weeks he getting a little better with that. So I felt positive about that. But that defense, man, they can't stop nobody. We're worse than the Cowboys' defense.
2: Uh, well, no, Tim, they are not worse than the Cow- The Cowboys' defense is, like, historically uh, one of the worst defenses. I mean, they give up 34 to the Giants. Like, you've you got to be really bad to give up 30, 40 Jaylen to the Giants. Damon Mills, Nate yeah. Gary. I know, I know I mean, Tim. Tim, <laughs> I'm telling you. Watch the Cowboys. Cowboys are giving up, like, 40 points a game. It's astonishing. All right, maybe,
4: maybe not that bad, but we're we not that damn far behind, man. <laughs> just, you can't score 29 points and play that well no, and I, then lose. I'm with you, man. I mean, they're, they're,
2: if you had told me before that game the Eagles would score 29 points, I would say they easily win that game.
4: Absolutely, man, and I just, I think they need to um I think they need to chop Schwartz after this season. I don't, I don't think they should do it during the season. I don't think that really does anything. But I think his time is up here, man, I, because every year it seems like he gotta adjust. Like he don't know what to do. He always try to do the same thing from the beginning every year, and then it stopped working. And then by week ten, he says, "Oh, you know what? Let me let me throw some blitzes in there." And it's, now we got to scrap and fight to get in the playoffs, and it's just it's just too much, man. I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on with him. You no, know, I think it's time for him to
2: go. Yeah, no, I hear you, Tim, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I, I, I agree that that Schwartz has been frustrating. And I defended Jim Schwartz over the years. I think, in general, he he's not like the worst defensive coordinator in the league. He, he does things that are frustrating. Some of his strategies, I don't get. His third and long strategies, whether it be the six defense, playing your corners fifteen yards off, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why he stays so committed, and he is very stubborn. Obviously, he's very stubborn. And I'm not somebody who says you you should blitz every play or you need to blitz every play, but once in a while, you know, it would be useful to give the offense a, a different look, and especially when you're going up against a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who has been around as long as Ben has and is as smart as he is. If you're just doing the same thing every time, okay, Ben Roethlisberger is just going to take what what he's given. He's smart enough to know and, and, and know how to beat a defense. So I don't see what firing Schwartz does right now. I know some people will call for that. There's nobody on the staff to promote. There's nothing that gets done by firing Jim Schwartz right now. But I do think his job's on the line this year. And if this defense does not improve significantly – especially with all the money that has been poured into that side of the ball, uh, I certainly could see him being gone at the end of the year. Uh, let's go to John in Allentown. What's up, John?
5: TK, you crack me up when you read that tweet, When re- you read people's tweets.
2: <laughs> that, that, I mean, it's just its so over the top, John.
5: So over TK, the top. You're so, you're so funny when you read those tweets. You can hear the animosity in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It's great, though. Dude, I, I deleted my whole, my whole Facebook account.
2: Well, Facebook because, is. Twitter is, yeah. is. Facebook is just like a, a cesspool. I can't take
5: Facebook. Yeah, it is. I, I still have Twitter only because the NFL re- releases right. a lot of news on the, on Twitter. Right. But uh, I, I got rid of my. I wanted to unfriend my sister in law because, like, every. You know, every time she's had two kids, like, in the last four years, and every. It's like, oh, happy first three week birthday or happy three month birthday. It's so annoying. Uh, I said to my wife, I'm going to unfriend her. She goes, you can't unfriend her. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to delete my whole account then.
2: John, I have a – I, I, I will just leave it at this. I have a sister-in-law that acts similarly <laughs> on Facebook. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, so, uh,
5: my God. Yeah. Hey, and, and I'll tell you another thing about the Eagles. I mean, whoever's evaluating the receiver position should be fired. It should have been fired – I mean, you get Greg Ward off your practice squad, who was on there for like a couple of years. You get this kid who they cut. The Eagles cut this kid, then brought him back and put him on the practice squad because they, were, they needed players. I mean, he looks like the best receiver on the team at the moment, period. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I mean his routes, his hands, and, you know, I, I wasn't sold on Carson completely, but what, what I saw, uh, you know, is – even when he missed a lot of throws, uh, a lot of those throws the other day, like, you could see that the the receiver, you know, messed up the route because it was a timing route, and, and the ball was right there where he was supposed to be. So I was encouraged. I mean, that the interception, the first interception was kind of bad, but, you know, I'll live with that. Like, again, you know, Hurts probably could have sold out a little bit better on that route, but, you know, it was, you know, Parker yeah, shouldn't let that ball go, but... You know, a lot of the passes that he missed, definitely, yeah. you can see the timing, like the receiver got knocked off the route, or he didn't cut out at the right time, and the pass was right where it was supposed to be, but the receiver wasn't. So that yeah. was encouraging. That, that's what I really liked.
2: Uh, no, it definitely was, John. And yeah. yeah, I mean, especially on that first interception, like you said, I mean as and the officiating in that game was bad and I'm not just going to complain bad. about officials that was a bad but offense, yeah and the, no that was that was either at the least yeah. the, uh illegal, illegal contact,
5: contact. right one of those and the defense i think what frustrated me the, the most is there were at least four balls that if anybody would have looked back towards the quarterback including the one that, that Ben, when he got his arms up, hit it just went flying up in the air right if you're looking – anybody looks back at the quarterback, and that's what you're taught to do as a, as a corner. you look got to look back at the quarterback at some point. There's could have be at least three picks. But the quarterback never looked back at the quarterback at all. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the balls, like, zipping right by them. And it's like, dude, if you, were, if you look back at all, those are picks. It's, it, that's, how, that's how bad our DBs are. They don't, it's like they don't even know how to play the position, and they've been playing it all their life. No, no I doubt. Don't if if they, I don't know if they come to the Eagles and they just get bad. But I watched Sidney Jones uh, on Sunday, and he looked like a whole different player.
2: Yeah, a no, whole different player. No doubt, John. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And yeah, you look at it, and there was one play, and that, and that is that's been a problem with the Eagles defensive backs for years. Is why Corey Unlin got fired, and everybody blamed him. But um, I, I don't know what the Eagles are teaching. Their corners, what they're teaching their defensive backs, and there's one play where, like John said, where Ben gets hit, the ball's up in the air, and it was Singleton in coverage, and he's just like looking at Eric Ebron as Eric Ebron's obviously looking at the ball coming to him. It's like if he just turns around, it's an easy interception, um, but he, he never turned, and I, I don't know what the Eagles teach sometimes on that side of the ball. Um, very frustrating. Two one five five nine two. Nine four nine four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, when we get back, I, I do want to talk a little more. Um, I, I haven't gotten to it yet. What specifically encouraged me the most from Sunday's game? Um, but your outlook on the Eagle season, because it, you know it, it's kind of a generic, kind of like a broad question here. But the outlook changed. This is a team who, even before the season, even before the one three and one start. I didn't think this was a playoff team. I didn't think they were going to the playoffs. I didn't pick them to go. I didn't pick them to win the division. Now, everything has changed. It would be a massive disappointment if the Eagles do not go to the playoffs. They have time to figure this out. They have time to fix the issues that plague this team. Are they correctable? You know, can they get it worked out? Um, remains to be seen. I think the issues are correctable because the main one – um, has uh, kind of seemed to stabilize a little bit. We'll talk about that when we get back. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'm Tom Kelly.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.